go to what's hard. If you want to grow every single day, go to what's hard. Avoid nothing. And not what's like hard in terms of hard work, but what's emotionally difficult. What's the one thing you're avoiding? You get your message inbox. There's that one email that you're avoiding. It's the one email that is difficult or the one relationship that is difficult. When you do that consistently, that's how you increase your capacity and you sit with an emotion, you grow yourself a little step by step. So if you just do that in life all the time, just go to what's hard. It's going to grow you very, very quickly. Welcome to Pivot Me, where we give business tips and mental hacks so you can move past your biggest obstacles and live the life you've earned. And now your host, business advisor and performance expert, April Garcia. For years, I made large companies larger and rich people richer. Now I coach driven entrepreneurs to hack success, create more time and get better results through high performance habits, the multiply me method, and a little mental gymnastics. On Pivot Me, I talk to thought leaders and experts sharing our successes, our many scrubs, and how we can all use both to move us to the next level. Join us and learn real simple steps to pivot you and your business towards the life you've earned. It took leverage to get today's guest to go all in. It took being single, alone, and pregnant for her to have the urgency to scale her business in record timing. And she did, going from $700 in her bank account to 500K months in just a year and a half. How did she do it? Well, she's about to share how today. Our guest is Eva Palakova. She is an author and business coach who took a downturn in her life and made it the leverage she needed for explosive growth. Growing through this hyper growth as a single mom, she had to think outside the box, get creative. And today she's dialing in from her new home in Costa Rica, where she lives on the beach with her daughter. Today, Eva will also share how focusing on your business isn't selfish. It's betting on you. Let's get into it. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I want to welcome you to Pivot Me. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So what I would love for you to do is if you could talk a little bit about your backstory, like what happened to get you here. There's been a lot of transition for you and I'd love you to share that with us. Absolutely. So my name is Eva, which a lot of people get confused because it's spelled IVA and I'm a business consultant and I work with six and seven figure service-based entrepreneurs and I help them get to the next level, right? And sort of where I came from, I came from a little bit of a corporate background. I also used to own restaurants and I worked for a Fortune 500 doing digital marketing and things like that. And then I transitioned to the coaching and consulting world, which is just so amazing <laughs> compared to brick and mortar and compared to anything else because you have your virtual practice, but that the beginnings were very, very rocky to tell you the truth. And sort of like, just to give you a sense of what happened, I started with promoting my business offline. So I learned how to speak. I learned how to do short presentations. And in 2019, I went to different female entrepreneur organizations because I mostly work with female entrepreneurs around the country. I took my RV for a trip, which was a lot of fun. And I went around the country, I scheduled a bunch of, bunch of talks and I started delivering them and signing up clients and building my business that way. 
And it was one of those, it, it was sort of like a dream come true for me because I love traveling. I love adventure. I took so much time just hanging out in different national parks and state parks and meditating in between and, you know, having my computer, that's all you need, right? When you work remotely, my computer, my hotspot and my phone, and I just, you know, do my thing. And I pop in once a week, once every couple of weeks, somewhere just speaking and I duck back out into the woods and do my coaching for my laptop. And the rest of the time, I'm free to do whatever I want, right? Yeah. So that was going amazing. You know, I had somebody join me on this tour, right? We started writing books together and we fell in love and we were coaching together. And now we had a business together and it was just this thing that I was like, wow, I'm in love. This is like a dream come true. It's going to be amazing. Until July 1st, 2019, I found out that I was pregnant and I was ecstatic because I had been trying to get pregnant, you know? (laughs) on and off for 10 years and it just wasn't happening. So I was like, oh my gosh, you know, if this is happening, this is going to be great. I wonder how he's going to react. I'm sure he's going to be excited. You know, I hope. (laughs) Anyway, three days later, he disappeared from my life. Oh, good. Blocked me on everything. Never heard back from him since. And that for me was, you know, when you talk about pivot me moments, that was one of many in my business ever since, but that was, it was the first really, really big one when number one, I was so sick, so sick. If any of your listeners have had difficult pregnancy where you're just so nauseous, I could not even drive. Like I would turn on the vehicle and I'd be like, I need to puke. This is so terrible. And I was traumatized. And I was like, who is the person that gets abandoned three days into pregnancy. Like, what does it say about me? Like, what the heck? Like, what, where did I go wrong? How, you know, the shame and guilt. And so I decided to move to a town called Pueblo, Colorado, which is not where you want to live in Colorado. <laughs> it's one of the places that I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be a single mom. I can't afford to live in Boulder. What am I going to do? You know, my business is still sort of starting. And so I moved there and I said, okay, I'm going to be a single mom. I don't know what I'm going to do. And the next three months, I went deeper and deeper into the state of just like apathy and depression and victimhood. And, you know, then going to the government and standing in line for food stamps and all these things, you know, like you're just like, okay, I'm going to be the next statistics, you know, when it comes to statistic, when it comes to single mom, right? Until, I mean, it took me a good three months to get out of it, right? And then I was starting to do some of the things that everybody starts doing when they start launching their business online. Like, I'm going to record a course and I'm going to do a funnel. I'm going to drive ads to it. And I did all those things, working almost 70 hours a week, doing recording some stuff that, of course, nobody bought. While you're pregnant. Yeah. On top Um, of that. Okay. Yeah. And depressed and couldn't sit because my back was hurting so much. So I was doing it from my bed. Anyway. And finally, three months into it, I realized, you know, like there's these situations where we have a say, like, am I going to be victimized by it? Or am I going to realize we actually have this amazing power of creation? We can create whatever the heck we want. We just like to believe that we don't. And I said, okay, what if I can? What if it's possible? What if I can create a seven-figure business? And I was like back to zero. At that point, I just pulled up my statements. It was so crazy. I had $700 of income that month. It was November, 2019. It was like down to, no, 700 income, 700 on my account. I'd spent all the money I had on Facebook ads 
paying my team, trying to help me do this funnel thing, right? And so I said, well, what if I can? What if it's possible? And if I can, you know, I am, I'm pretty capable, but sometimes we get into this victim zone and sometimes we forget about how powerful we are, right? And we start worrying about money and operating from this, I can't, and I don't know how, and just anxiety and all this, you know? And I just said, what if I could? What if I could? What if I can figure it out? I'll take it as a challenge. And I set the goal for myself. I went to the Walmart <laughs> that day. And I bought this little whiteboard, this little tiny eight and a half by 11 whiteboard. I, I put it in my shower right in front of me. And I put seven figure single happy mom on it. And I'm like, I, you know, screw this. I'm going to make this happen just money wise, but time wise with my daughter. I'm going to like whatever, live wherever the heck I want. I'm going to have all the free time with my daughter. And so the work began. And once you have make the mindset flip from, I can't, I don't know how big juicing, you know, literally, and I can admit to this now, you know, I was sort of like juicing my poor me position. The guy left me, you know, like all this stuff and we all fall into it sometimes with exes and whatever. And so I just said, okay, I'm just going to step into full creation mode, no looking back and do the thing, right? No hiding, no hiding at all which we chatted about a minute ago before we started recording, right? Like you have to execute, you have to do the thing. And the vast majority of entrepreneurs, they spend so much of their time hiding. Describe what you mean when you say hiding. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I think really, really great question. I think most entrepreneurs spend, when they get into their business, they will spend weeks, months, sometimes years working behind the scenes, creating content that nobody actually consumes pre-recording their next course, pre-scripting their next program. Have you seen that? <laughs> oh yeah, I totally know. <laughs> That's why there's the third E in our, uh, we have to execute for sure because everyone stays in the first two. Like, oh, I'm going to educate myself. I need to know more about this. I need to read more about, I need to create this. I need to make it perfect. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's execute, which is coming out from behind the shadows and going, this is me. This is how I'm going to impact people. And it's tough. It takes courage to do that piece. When we have to sell ourselves as a business owner and put ourselves out there, we will do anything not to do that. Anything not to be in front of people, anything to not have to do the podcast, anything to not have to make offers, right? So I said, you know what? If I'm working eight hour day, five out of those eight hours, I'm going to be on camera. I'm going to be on Zoom with a potential prospect. I'm going to be live on Facebook. I'm going to be recording something. Something is going to be happening. So we started doing these virtual events and virtual retreats. And we literally went from, you know, it wasn't a success from the get-go, right? You asked me before we started recording, like, how'd you get there? You know, what are the actual steps, right? So I'll tell you, I'll tell you, we started doing virtual retreats and we started doing virtual events. And I wasn't great on camera to begin with, my very first live stream, I practiced, like I paced around the room for half a day, right? So I was like, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I'm just doing it, right? I was terrified out of my mind, but I did it anyway. We did our first virtual event. It was a little bit of a flop. We had like 3K in revenue, but I said, you know what? I'm not going to go through the next spaghetti on the wall to see what sticks. I said like, I'm just going to keep doing this until I become good at it. So the first one was 3K, the next one was 21K, then 42, then 84, all the way. Our biggest one to date has been 560K of revenue 
in a single from a, event. From a virtual event? From a virtual retreat. 560K from a virtual retreat. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. I'm a business coach and most of my clients are either coaches or consultants or healers. So it doesn't work for everybody. You have to have something to teach with the strategy, right? So so it's it's all about showing up right? So I showed up, I gave so much for free, but I, you know, included a whole bunch of experience. You know, people talk to each other, they do breakout rooms. We do live meditations. You know, people get to meet each other. They do homework. They start working with each other. They start practicing all kinds of things. And then they either want to work with us or they don't. And it's so rewarding for me because I started coming from a place of, you know, I really just want to enjoy this. I really just want to make a difference with people. I really want this to be transformational. And when you actually let go of, this is about me, myself, and I, and start focusing on how can I serve? How can I show up? How can I have fun doing this? How can I really be of resource to the community? How can I build relationships, right? And that's not easy. We're all attached to stuff, right? We all worry about our revenue. We all worry about paying the paychecks. We all worry about covering our costs, right? When we start showing up from a place of heart and service, then there is no way we don't receive back. There's just no way. So was there a moment when you were saying like, look, I was feeling bad for myself. I have a lot of emotion going on. I'm pregnant. This horrible thing happened. He just leaves. Was there a moment when it changed? Like you're kind of sitting in your pity party for a very good reason. Was there this moment where you're like, nope, I'm going to pick myself up by the bootstraps and I'm moving ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a day I was actually in Pueblo and I, this is a little bit difficult to talk about, but I went to check out a daycare for my future daughter. Right. And I went to that daycare and there are like five other babies in the room. They're all screaming. There's one person with them. And there's this like from six weeks old to, I think they were like up to 12 months old. And I would like to tell you that I said, hell no. And I walked away, but I was so disempowered. I was in tears and I put down my deposit, my $50 deposit. And I was like, this is how it's going to be. And I drove home that day. And I was like, this is like one of the last drops And then I was, as my money was running low, I told myself if my money goes below a certain amount, I'm going to have to find a job. So that night I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm so scared. I'm just going to apply for a bunch of jobs on indeed.com, you know, the job search website. So go hit apply, 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 apply. Like I hit that like 150 times. Right. And then I get some interviews and it just wasn't going anywhere. But then (laughs) there's this interview that is actually, they're going to make me a job offer. And I was like, no. No, this is not how I, no, no. It's just not how I want to do it. So it was the cumulative, like applying for the food stamps and like this daycare. And I was like, what the heck am I doing? You know, that's not me. And I think, I think so many people end up falling into whether it's a job or some kind of arrangement. I mean, you weren't under pressure. You know, you're pregnant, you're about to be a single mom, you're looking at daycare, daycare is incredibly expensive. You're looking at these huge commitments and that's when everyone's like, well, it's time to get a safe, secure job. It's time to like, okay, that was nice. You enjoyed that time, but now it's time to exactly do what everybody else is doing. I mean, what did you have to tell yourself to make that okay? Yeah, I mean, that was the biggest thing, right? Because there's so much guilt and shame for parents and it feels like running your business is the selfish thing to do because it's so risky. Yeah. 
I cannot even honestly remember what I had to tell myself, but I said, I, I bought that whiteboard and I said, like, no matter what, I'm going to have a seven figure business. Now we live in Costa Rica. I love Costa Rica. We have a full-time nanny. They takes care of me more than Lexi, you know, <laughs> because I said, you know, I'm going to create a life that I actually love, right? We are three minutes from the beach. We go to the beach twice a day. What part are you? West coast, East coast, central. I'm, I'm in Nosara. So that's on the Nicoya Peninsula. It's just, it's absolutely, it's absolutely beautiful. We here. almost moved there a few years ago. So oh my gosh. one of my favorite, we're, we're West coast by Manuel Antonio. Oh yeah. 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 So beautiful there too. I love it. Oh, it's such a great place. Yeah. And it's really, really great place to raise kids. My daughter is about to start a bilingual Montessori in January. So we're just fun. And I said, I cannot make this work in Colorado, no matter what I do. Right. I'm not going to have the support. Even if I get a job, how the heck do I afford this anyway? And then I'm going to be in a job 10 hours a day and commute. When am I going to see my daughter? Then she's going to be in a shitty daycare. No, no, just no. Entrepreneurship is much riskier. But if you actually commit and you do the things you need to do, which is not hiding, which is showing up with every minute you have, you show up, you do what you do. Be on a podcast, interview people, be interviewed, talk to clients, talk to potential prospects, ask for referrals, do the things and stop hiding. Anything is possible. So what would you say to a pivoter who's listening right now? And maybe they're not in the exact same situation, but they do know that they're hiding in a different way, but they know I'm not meant for this, whether it's the role, the relationship, the city, they know that they're hiding. What would you say to that pivoter? Mm, yeah. So, so I, I love the question because you got to go behind what's in the hiding, right? A lot of times it is, you know, it is both mindset and it's emotions. We are hiding from uncomfortable emotions, all we're doing our whole life is preventing ourselves from feeling certain sensations and we call them emotions and we're avoiding them. What if we get rejected? What if somebody said, who do you think you are to be calling yourself ABCXYZ? The shame, the embarrassment, the rejection, right? That feels really awful. And you and I both know we go through that all the time. How many times do we hear no? All the time. But at the beginning, we do anything we can to not feel that, to not feel those emotions. And in order to become a six, seven, eight, whatever figure entrepreneur, you have to have the emotional resilience to become the person who can do that, who can handle that. Now, how do you get yourself to be resilient? It's not about not feeling those things. It's not about being other than or somebody better or somehow knowing how to manage this. Resilience is the ability to be able to experience all this, to be with the sensations because they don't just go away. You grow your business, you still get rejected. And now you have tons of clients and they're unhappy. You know, they're doing their humaning just as we are. You know, they're happy, they're unhappy, they're happy, they're unhappy. They're having their roller coaster, right? So you have to increase your capacity in order to receive the business that is coming to you. So the ability to actually move into the difficult action in your business and sit in the emotion of, wow, I'm going live for the first time. I am terrified. I'm shaking. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Who's going to see it? I'm going live. One of my personal 
Facebook page? What are people going to think? What about my family? Are they going to see it? Then, oh my gosh, I'm on my first sales call. You're like shaking. You know, I still remember my first sales call. You're like, am I really going to, am I really going to say this? You know, Hey, would you like to work with me? You know? And then, you know, you have your first client and you have your first 10 clients You have your first 50 clients. And then somebody's trying to quit and they're telling you, you suck. What do you, how do you handle that? You know, the anxiety that it brings up. And then you have your first team member and the second team member and somebody's quitting. And those are the things when we learn how to sit with the sensation of it without trying to repress it, suppress it, make it go away. But we just sit with it. And we process it emotionally instead of trying to build on top of it that builds our resilience and that expands what we're actually capable of. Yeah. It's interesting when you say about we're trying to prevent ourselves from feeling certain emotions. You know, my original question was how to stop you from hiding, whatever that is. It's interesting if, you know, for the listeners, you know, if you're listening right now and you're wondering, okay, am I hiding and why am I hiding? I think if we connect it to, it's because we're trying to prevent ourselves from feeling a certain emotion. It kind of takes the mystery out of it. And it, what it really comes down to is, do you have the courage to face that emotion? Like, all right, I don't want to, whether that's open a business, close a business, pivot a business, go live to your point, whatever that is, it doesn't matter what it is. It's that we're not moving ahead because we're afraid of something We'll reason it that like, well, I've got to be reasonable. I've got a family. I've got responsibilities. We've got a thousand excuses. These are, these are not good reasons not to get out of the hiding. But if we connect, when we hide, it's because we're trying to avoid this emotion. It will lessen its power over you. Like saying, oh, I'm afraid of being rejected. Oh, I'm afraid of the people I used to work with seeing me do this thing that I'm doing now. And what if they judge me for it? What if they think I'm a sellout or whatever it is? There's power in acknowledging that you're hiding because you're trying to avoid emotion. And if you can figure out what that is, it lessens its power over you. Yes, yes. I love that so much. Only 3% of speakers, podcasters, and authors make enough money to do it as a full-time career. 3%. Man, that's bad. I came from the big business world, and if I wanted to scale my speaking career and release courses, I knew I needed more than just case studies and metrics. I actually needed a personal brand. Brand Builders Group is a personal brand strategy firm for thought leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs, and they work with some of the biggest names. They help clarify your message, expand reach, and increase revenue while monetizing your personal brand. I still do their monthly consulting package, but I've also done their workshops, webinars. They're all great. Don't be part of the 97% who can't afford to do the work they love full time. Connect with the same team I hired to help me. Check them out at pivot-me.com backslash partners and get on their schedule for a free call. I also want to go back to something you said earlier that I loved when you said it feels selfish to essentially focus on and build your business because it's, it's risky, right? I I want to talk more on that because I think that for the pivoters that are listening that have recently gone into business, or I'm just thinking about some people that are in my mastermind that they had corporate jobs and now they're a fitness coach or they're a health coach that that's a big jump for them. And they have a hard time spending time and money and like investing in it. Cause what if this doesn't work out? And I've got this safe, secure job. I love when you said it feels selfish because it's risky. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Well, it's just a thought. It's not actually what it is, right? It's not actually selfish at all. Sure. That's the idea that we have. 
right? That's the excuse that we use, actually. And we have a purpose. We have something to do here. Every single one of us has a purpose, right? And when we're hiding, we're spending so many years being off path and being depressed and being anxious about things. But we know what it feels like when we're not on track, when we're not living a life on purpose. And so there's a cost to it. Sure. I think that's a valid point. And I think we can explain away like, no, no, I've got to save for the kids college. I've got to do it. And they're not mutually exclusive, by the way. You can live your passion and have your dream business and still check those boxes if that's what you want to do. I'd like to shift gears a little bit. When we talked about going from scaling your business to go from six to seven figures, what does that look like? What needs to change, whether that's in your business or people that you've worked with business, what needs to change to take that business from the six to seven figure mark? Hmm. Is it a mindset change? Is it new sales strategies? Is it different client base? Like what did you have to do to make those jumps or what have you advised people to do to make those jumps? Yeah, there's, there's so many different things and it really depends on the industry. In our case, for example, in the coaching space and what I teach my clients is number one, you have to have a scalable solution. You have to have a scalable programming. I only do group coaching, for example. I only run masterminds. I run three of them depending on the level of business that they're in and so on and so forth, right? And something that doesn't, it takes me about five to six hours a week to manage. And I have people working for me. I have a team that supports them as well and so on and so forth, right? So having something that you can scale, you know, with one-to-one coaching, it can only take it so far, right? Because at some point you have to have a goal. It's like, okay, I'm going to bring a certain number of income. So that's one thing. The second is that you have to have a brand. You have to be known for something. You have to have your own formula that you teach and that you're consistent with a story. This is why podcasting is so beautiful, right? Because you go out there and you nurture your people. I work with a lot of like spiritual types, you know, a lot of spiritual coaches and other people, but that you have to have a good CEO hat on. Like you have to think numbers. I had to go and reverse engineer everything down to a week down to a day, down to an hour. And I allow myself like a lot of like manifestation fun and whatever. And I'm very, very spiritual, right? But I said, this is the goals that I'm going to achieve. I'm going to do six retreats a year and I'm going to double my results in every single one of those. What is it going to take? And every five or six weeks now, I shut down my company. I send everybody on vacation and we take a week off completely. And our clients have it in their contract too. And I do a spiritual retreat of some sort, self-care and so on and so forth. I do a lot of personal growth work on myself because I think that's really, really essential. But that's a whole another issue, right? But I had to reverse engineer it down to an hour when I said, okay, next retreat, how many registrations, how many people do I want to have on Zoom on day one? How many people do I want attending? How many people do I want to see on consultations? And we had that, okay, where's this going to come from? How much do I need to invest over here, over here? What do I do each week leading up to the retreat? What do I do about onboarding clients? When is my week off, you know, so that I can kind of integrate the learnings, move into the next level of being. And I do that. So that's the reverse engineering, having the annual like in front of you. And most people just give up on their annual goals. You know, they have their roadmap, then they just give up because it's not working. But it's like, no, that's how, not how it works. 
you fall back down, you get back up and you try again and again and again. You do and go through the next spaghetti on the wall. I think the virtual events really, really are so important because it allows you to connect with the audience, get to know them, you know, grow your brand. And also, you know, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. It's not necessary in a product-based business, I don't think, but it really is just a beautiful way to serve people. And I really, really enjoy them. They can be a lot of work, but then whatever, we're entrepreneurs. I get to take a week off after, you know, the whole week off. So yeah, exactly. I, the fact that you close your business down every five to six weeks and everyone takes a week off, clearly something's working, Eva. I mean, like clearly it's working. And even if you have to work hard at the virtual events, the fact that you're getting that time off and you're building in that kind of personal development piece. One thing I want to touch on real quick, I know we're, we're kind of nearing the end of our time. We talk a lot about self-sabotage on Pivot Me and you and I were talking a little bit about this before. Share with us how people are self-sabotaging or maybe even about how you self-sabotage and then what can be done about it. It's so interesting you asked that. So the way I see it with our clients, I, I see two groups of people. I think we all inherently have some fears and we try to control the world in however we can, right? We have our control mechanisms in a way we operate. And I see it with new entrepreneurs when they come to us, about half of them are the get stuff done, check the boxes, very comfortable in action. And as long as they're in action, as long as they're getting their results, they feel good because they're controlling their environment through action. And, and then you have the other half that do the opposite. They control their world through perfectionism, inaction, hiding. And so one is not better than the other. One is not better than the other. Neither of those two has a whole bunch of trust or surrender or joy or happiness. The action takers get more results and they get to seven figures and they're like, what now? And that actually did happen to me because I'm in the get stuff down camp, right? Gotcha. <laughs> so That's your flavor of sabotage. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's weird. I wouldn't call it sabotage, but it's just the way we control the world. So as long as we can rely on ourselves and be in control, we're good. And then I got to the seven figures and I just wasn't happy. And now I find myself working all the time. And then like I'm with Lexi, my at the time one-year-old, because we made it to seven figures in a year. And I'm my one, one-year-old, but I'm thinking about this, that, or the other. And then I actually, and then I actually did hit a, hit a burnout, which was the best thing that ever happened to me. And then I started a a lot of, yeah, because it really, it really had me confront who I was and how I was controlling the world and the lack of trust that I had and the lack of love that I actually had. It was so interesting because I saw that I said, you know, and, and just like fully personal disclosure, like I said, I serve people and I love serving people. When it was really coming from was, I just want to make the revenues. I just want to get stuff done. I need to provide da, 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 right. And that was very confronting, but when we're not getting the results we want or something is off, the universe is always showing up. It's always showing up who we are that needs to be let go of the snake skin sort of that needs to be peeled to move you to the next level. So you see this all the time with entrepreneurs, they go and they start launching and they, they're super successful and then they stop being successful. And then it's like, what's happening? Well, your business is kind of the biggest tool for spiritual transformation. It's showing you exactly what you need to know, your clients, your prospects, your partners, everything is showing you what you need to know, what you need to let go of to actually increase your capacity to the next level. Uh, for me, is I want to become somebody who genuinely is doing this out of love. My mission in life is to become as unconditionally loving as I can. 
and to enjoy this work and not to be about me, myself, and I, my revenue, my success, and blah, 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 but actually let all this go. And that's incredibly, incredibly frightening for the, for the go-getters, right? It's so frightening. It's like, what? Trust? You crazy? You know, I just want to check my boxes. Am I in my time box? I'm going to check my boxes, right? So, so it's just crazy, crazy, crazy journey, right? And then shifting my business into working in a place of we, like we consciousness, you know, I support you, you support me. How can we work together? I work with my clients. How can I actually enjoy sitting with them, giving them more love? So they bring referrals back to us as well, right? So there's this like, and in the world of marketing, there's a lot of this, like in order to-ness, like I'm saying this on my landing page in order to trick people into something. It's like all day long and it's fine. That's how everybody runs business. But at some point it's going to burn you out. You're not going to like it. You're not going to enjoy it. When you actually show up to these events and you're like, I'm really, really, really going to make a difference. I don't care if it's one person that is going to get their world out of it and they're going to see things differently and they're going to be empowered. They're going to be excited. And they're like, I, can, I think I can do this. And I, I'll face my emotions. I'll face my fear. And in the process of that, they will heal something for themselves because that's all we're doing is healing our stuff so that we can come out of the other side more loving. So, so that's kind of <laughs> that transformation. That's, that's amazing. Um, I, I want to ask you one follow-up question, but before I do that, Eva, where can people connect with you? Whether they find out more about your virtual retreats or just the work that you're doing now, where's the best place to connect with you? So our website is leadersbreakfree.com. And if you put leadersbreakfree.com forward slash retreat, we don't have any retreat until January right now, but we usually put the next event that we have going on. Perfect. We do workshops in between. We put it on that page so that people know. That's definitely the best place. And, and I'll send you some links. If people want to send me an email or connect with me on Facebook, I'm totally happy to talk to anybody who wants to discuss this or who wants to just connect and say, hey, you know, this made a difference for me. And we also have a Leaders Break Free podcast too, if, you, if anybody wants to follow. Absolutely. We'll put the links in the show notes so you can absolutely take a listen to this. Here's my last question. If you could tell the world one thing, what would it be? Go to what's hard. Every day, if you want to grow every single day, go to what's hard, avoid nothing and not what's like hard in terms of hard work, but what's emotionally difficult. What's the one thing you're avoiding? You get your message inbox. There's that one email that you're avoiding, right? It's the one email that is difficult or the one relationship that is difficult. When you do that consistently, that's how you increase your capacity and you sit with an emotion grow yourself a little step by step. So if you just do that in life all the time, just go to what's hard. It's going to grow you very, very quickly. That is so profound. I have not heard that before. I love that. And pivoters, as you're listening, I hope something popped into your mind of, oh, here's this thing I've been avoiding. Here's the thing that's hard, emotionally difficult that I've been pushing off. And when we push it off, it's still in there. Like it's still occupying mental real estate. It's still taking your power and your energy. Think about what that thing is and go do it. Thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your insight and your journey. What a powerful story of transformation, of inspiration, and how you've created this magnificent life for you and your daughter. Talk about a beautiful life that you've designed. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. Go to what's hard, emotionally hard, avoid nothing. Man, that's so simple, that advice, but so difficult to do. We are all avoiding something in our business and in our lives. 
Some call this our frogs, the things that must get done, but we delay it. They must get done by us. And yet, we still wake up every morning, stare at the frog, pretend like it's not occupying mental real estate, and try to go about our day without doing the difficult thing. We don't want to do it. Sometimes it's fear of failure, fear of ridicule, fear of judgment, fear of the unknown. But Eva has advice for us. Do it. Do the emotionally hard thing. Which, of course, begs the question, what are you avoiding? And is it standing in the way of your next level? What do you need to do? What conversation do you have to have? What do you have to begin or end so that you can be the next version of you? Avoid nothing. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors, and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.